0: Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Amen. Well, stand for the reading of the Word tonight. Pastor Josh was supposed to preach tonight. He called me. At about 1 o'clock, 1.30, and said, Pastor Janelle, I'm not coming. Get a word from the Lord, because you're preaching. Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and uh, it inspired the message for tonight, so I hope you're ready. <laughs> what to do when you're not ready. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that what happened is Pastor Shannon had a low-grade fever and wasn't feeling good. And of course, they did the COVID test there, COVID-free, praise Jesus. Uh, but when you got three young kids at home, somebody's got to watch them. Uh, and so let's pray right now for Pastor Shannon and Pastor Josh, that strength will come upon them, amen, and healing upon their bodies. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Josh and Pastor Shannon. We pray healing upon them tonight, Lord, touch them afresh and anew. We command this fever to be broken off of their bodies and health and strength upon them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. As I prayed this afternoon, the Lord says, it's time to take the next level. The next level of faith. And that's the title of my message tonight, because I need greater faith. How many of you in this place need greater faith? Amen. Matthew chapter 17. Look at what it says in verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Whoa. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you go and say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. It is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Come on, just begin to pray right now with your spirit. Lord, I pray for an anointing to be upon your people. God, that you would speak a word in season that will touch their hearts. God, nothing changes you, and you have a word for them today. So I pray right now, Lord, that you would speak to them. I pray for an anointing to be upon me that I will speak forth your word in power and in might and in freedom, and that you would be glorified tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, next week, Pastor Josh says he's going to continue his series on All In with the poker chips. So you can come and get another poker chip, I think, next week. Here in this passage of scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says the word so little faith. And in fact, when we look throughout uh, the gospel of Matthew, there are five places that this passage is said, that, that phrase is, say, is said, little faith. And as I began to look at it, it, it stirred up in me a desire for great faith. In fact, in this passage, Jesus is talking about growing your faith, going from a little seed to something big, something strong, something seen and known. The size of your faith matters. In fact, in Romans 117, the Apostle Paul says that it is our call to move from faith to faith, How do we grow in our faith? How do we move to the next level of faith? Well, as we look through the Gospel of Matthew, it's very interesting to me that Jesus defines faith in a variety of ways. And he says there's two people, especially in the book of Matthew, that he commends for their faith. In fact, he says, You have great faith. Now, what cracks me up is they weren't Jews, they weren't his disciples. The two times that Jesus says you have great faith was the Canaanite woman who even when Jesus offended her, she held on and persevered in faith, believing for her daughter to be healed. And he says, wow, you have great faith in Matthew 15, 28. Secondly, we see the centurion man or centurion soldier who, by the word of Jesus, believed. He says, you don't have to come and lay hands on my servant. I believe because you spoke the word. And Jesus said, wow, what great faith. Faith is the key. Faith is the key to healing. Faith is the key to breakthrough. In fact, as we see in this passage of Scripture in Matthew 17, nothing is impossible for you if you have faith. Nothing. That is crazy. Nothing is impossible for you. Matthew 9, we see two miracles where Jesus specifically talks about faith. He says to the woman with the issue of blood, he says, your faith has healed you. He says to the blind man, according to your faith, be it done unto you in Matthew 9, 29. Nothing is impossible. The key to breakthrough, the key to mountain moving things, the key to provision is faith. There have been many, many, many people throughout history and through even today, great men and women of God who have taught on faith. And I'm here to tell you, I am not one of those, but I want to be. I don't have a lot of faith, but I have some faith. (laughs) And I believe that God can grow my faith. How many of you, that's you? You see, no matter what level of faith you may be at today, maybe you think you have great faith, (laughs) but really we don't. I haven't seen any mountains move. Haleakala has not been thrown into the sea as of yet. So we don't have that much faith. But God can increase our faith. Jesus talks to his disciples a lot about faith. I think it's quite interesting to me that whenever Jesus talked to his disciples, he doesn't say, wow, good job, great faith. Every single time he says, oh, you of little faith. Like every time. It's not just once or twice, but we see in this passage of scripture five times throughout Matthew, oh, you of little faith. You can just see Jesus having an attitude. Do I have to suffer with you again? How could you not believe? But here we see in this passage that it doesn't matter whether you're a disciple of Christ who walked and talked with Jesus for three and a half years. It doesn't matter if you have lots of money like the centurion. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. You can increase your faith. So how do we grow from faith to faith? Well, first we have to understand what hinders our faith, what decreases our faith. If you're taking your notes today, I'm going to give you four points as we see in these chapters. In Matthew 6, 30, Jesus speaks to his disciple and he says, Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or wear, O you of little faith. What? You know, when we worry, that decreases our faith. When we worry we don't have enough money for this, we don't have that, we don't have this and that, and this and that, and another this and that, (laughs) that decreases our faith. Secondly, in Matthew 8, 23 through 27, the disciples are on the boat, and Jesus is asleep on the boat, and they wake him up and say, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, and Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, Why are you afraid? Fear decreases our faith. Matthew 14, 31, Peter is walking on the water. Oh, I love Peter. I think he is so cool. He, okay, okay, when you think about it, all the other disciples were in the boat. Who had enough faith to step out on the water? Peter. Who was walking on water? Peter. Now, if that's not mountain-moving faith, I don't know what is. Yet Jesus speaks to him when he starts sinking and looking at the wind and the waves. He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You see, when we doubt what God has said, when we doubt even in the middle of faith, that decreases our faith. James chapter 1 verse 6, It says, he who doubts is like the wave of the sea being blown and tossed by the wind. I think the apostle James was um, remembering Peter being blown and tossed by the wind because he doubted. When we doubt, it decreases our faith. But also in Matthew chapter 16 verse 8, Jesus says that same phrase, you of little faith. And he talks about the Pharisees. And what's very interesting, he says, do not uh, listen to the teaching of the Pharisees for it is like yeast. And they thought, oh, we didn't bring enough bread. And he says, oh, you of little faith. And Jesus ties it in to the influence and the teaching of the Pharisees. You of little faith. Could it be that people around us and influences around us can decrease our faith? Yeah, that can happen. I want you to write down those four things, because those four things are the key to whether your faith can go to the next level or your faith decreases. But it's time, men and women of God, to be like that seed, that mustard seed, and have great faith. As I prayed, God showed me two ways, in accordance with this scripture, of course, there's lots of great sermons about faith, but two ways that we can go to the next level of faith. It was yesterday, bless the Lord, all oh my soul. Uh, many of you may know uh, I am currently the presbyter of uh, our Assemblies of God in Maui. I'm over, I oversee the the AG churches, Assemblies of God churches here on Maui. And I've been the presbyter, I think, for two years, two, three years, something like that. And we were having our AG conference, and I got to watch it online because Dr. Morocco is on Oahu today, and he's preaching out there on Oahu church. And I thought, okay, I need to stay on Maui just in case something happens. I'm here. And they allowed me to watch online. And yesterday... I got voted in as the new executive secretary for the Hawaii Assemblies of God. I'm the first female on the executive team. And I'm the first, I think I'm the youngest executive that's ever been on the team. But you know what that really means? More work! And although I was, I was, um, I was very um, blessed that they chose me, I was screaming with all my might, No! No! <clears throat> because I know, <laughs> I'm still not over it. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm still like emotional about it. Because I know the level of faith that I need I know how much more work it's going to be. And I'm like, Lord, I got to go reach the nations. How am I going to do this? I don't know. But isn't that like God where he puts us in places that we can't do it? We can't do it. Maybe you're suffering in your physical body and you're like, Lord, I can't do this. The doctor gives you pills upon pills upon pills and it still doesn't work. And you're like, Lord, I can't do this. Maybe it's in relationship, in your marriage, in your family. Lord, I can't do this anymore. Maybe it's in your job. Lord, I'm done. It's in those moments that we can't do it. That God speaks to us that it's time to increase our faith. Because our faith in God is the only thing that can move us to the next level. And I think sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's God purposing in us a situation that we cannot handle, that we cannot do, so that he can increase our faith and he can show himself strong on our behalf. That is what moving on to the next level of faith is all about. Two ways that we go on to the next level. The first way, as we've seen in these chapters is to seek him now that sounds very easy oh yeah yeah i pray i seek the lord but when we look at those passages in fact the first three passages with uh jesus teaching on do not worry on uh the boat where they're in the middle of nothing in the life circumstances of a storm that has hit them that is not their fault even when they've already taken steps of faith in the place of great failure because peter failed Jesus says, you have little faith. And yet every single time, Jesus brings them right back to how to increase their faith to seek him first. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, after he says, do not worry, you have little faith. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness when we look at the boat and all the disciples freaking out because of the storm that has come and hit them, Jesus says, you have little faith. Why? Because he was in the boat. Why didn't they wake him up sooner? Hey, there's a, there's a storm coming. Let's wake up Jesus. He's in our boat. No, they had to do it their way, try to figure it out their way before they sought Jesus. Even with Peter when he's walking on the water and he fails. What happened? He was looking at the wind and the waves. He lost sight of Jesus. You see, if we're going to move on to the next level of faith, it has to start, begin, and end with seeking Jesus first. Now, normally in our life, we go to um, our friends, our family, our coworkers. hey, I've got a problem financially. I've got this problem. I've got that problem. But when do we seek Jesus? It's usually when we've tried all the things that they've said and it's failed. Then we're like, oh, no, I better go to Jesus. We've got to seek Jesus first. Financially, seek him first. That's why we have the tithe. The tithe represents that 10% that we give to God first because it is a declaration that he is our God, he is our savior, he is gonna take care of us. That's why the tithe is so important because you're showing your money, you're showing your worry, you're showing your fear. I'm seeking Jesus first. I don't know how many times I've heard it, well, the church doesn't need my money or Dr. Morocco needs my money and that's why he's pushing the tithe. God's going to supply for this church. But the tithe is not about that. The tithe is for you. Because when you tithe, you're putting God first and you're coming into covenant with the living God and receiving his promise of provision. That is a basis of faith. That's why Jesus uses it right there when he's talking about worrying on what you're going to eat or drink and wear. Because he's dealing with the area of our finances, Because we think that we can take care of all of ourselves. If I just work hard enough, I'll get enough money to pay this bill. If I just do this and I do this and if I can manipulate the stock market, if I can do this, then then I will have enough money to do what I want to do. I'll have a better car. I'll have a better house. I'll have this. I'll have that. But the tithe breaks that, and it breaks the power of worry off of us and puts God first in our finances. You are declaring to your finances. You're declaring to your worry, I'm not going to trust in you. I'm going to seek Jesus first. But we got to seek him first in our circumstances of life, in the storms that we go through. I love this passage of scripture because it identifies that some things we go through is not our fault. Somebody hits our car, or our car dies, or we have to spend $1,000 on new tires, and it's not our fault. Circumstances happen, but the answer is still the same seek Jesus first. Nobody could have realized the tremendous issues that COVID 19 would have had on our society. Now, I would like to blame the Chinese, but <laughs> that's not proven yet, so I shouldn't blame them, right? <clears throat> But storms in life come, situations come. How are we going to respond in faith? We've got to seek him first. The Antichrist may arise. We're all going to die. Yep. What are we going to do? We're going to seek God first. You see, that is the pinnacle of all faith is seeking him first. Even in failures like Peter had. Peter had a tremendous failure. He was doing so good. I'm so proud of him. I wish I could do what he did. But he failed. And sometimes we fail. Actually, let me say it again. Um, all the time, we fail. How many of you are human in this place? How many of you said stupid things? How many of you hurt people? Intentionally. <laughs> or unintentionally. Come on, have you failed? Yes, we have all failed. But does faith stop there? No. You see, when Peter failed, Jesus grabbed him. And he says, don't fear, don't doubt. If we seek after Jesus, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and focus on him, even though we fail, even though we focus maybe on the winds and the waves, maybe on the circumstances, maybe emotionally we fail and we freak out and we scream and yell at people. Maybe we, our relationships fail in our, in our marriages or with our family. Maybe we go into sin. Oh, Jesus, forgive us. We're all going to fail. But if we keep our eyes on him and we seek after him, our faith will increase and our faith will will rise. How do we move on to the next level? First, we've got to do what? Seek him. Number two, we have to come into the place of agreement. I find it very interesting in Matthew 13, verse 58, that when Jesus goes into his hometown, people were offended at him, and they would not honor him. And it says there that Jesus could not do many miracles because of their lack of faith. You see, offense, unforgiveness, which I did a whole series on unforgiveness. And if you want to start a life group, see Pastor Ann and and she'll help you through that. But the unforgiveness lies into the offense and the hurt that people have caused us. But little do we know that allowing that offense into our life, allowing the unforgiveness into our life, we are actually decreasing our faith and limiting the work of God to move on our behalf. Wow. You see, a lot of times we go into the, well, they don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve to be let off the hook. And they don't. But you deserve to walk in faith. And when we, re- when we let go of our unforgiveness, when we say, you know what, I'm not going to be offended anymore, I'm letting that go, our faith can arise. One of the things that scares me all the time, what if you're not healed because of offense in your life? What if your family's not saved because of offense in your life? What if provision has not come because you've been offended? And holding on to that offense becomes like a wall that God will not pass. You see, it affects our faith. And Jesus speaks about this offense and hits it hard because he knows the power of faith that can bring healing, miracles, provision, joy. He's saying, hey, 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 hey. (laughs) The offense breaks agreement and there is power in agreement in your life. There is power that the Holy Spirit can come and do miracles like we sang today with agreement. Agreement with God and agreement with man. There can be a release of God's miracle working power. But I don't want to be like Jesus' hometown. Where they were offended because they thought they knew Jesus. And they did not receive the miracles that could have been done. We see In Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, four friends who grabbed their invalid friend and took him to Jesus. And Jesus says, because of their faith, he healed him. And in fact, he didn't just heal him, he forgave him of all his sins. Now, this guy was undeserving. (laughs) I don't think he had any faith. He's like, Jesus, who? Why am I here? But because of the friends who came into agreement, faith was released, healing, salvation was received. The friends' faith healed the lame man. You see, that's the power of agreement. When we come into agreement with the word of God, when we come into agreement with each other, Healing can happen. That's why the devil tries so hard to bring offense in the church. And in fact, I've heard it, I don't know how many times throughout my years of being a part of the church, that people have left the church because they got offended. Offended at what doctor said, offended at somebody not saying hi, offended at, at, at some bad things that have happened in the church. Yeah, because why? We're human, And they say, well, these people are all hypocritical. Yes, they are. And you are too. And I am too. Because we're human. Does that negate our faith? No. Because together, when we come into agreement, we can do more together, we can increase our faith. You see, that's why the devil tries so hard to bring offense. That is why I believe that when Jesus talks about the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16, he's dealing with false ideologies, influence, and teaching from the Pharisees that the disciples were looking at and saying, oh, well, we need to follow this direction. They're our leaders. They're, They're the ones that are in charge. They're the priests, so we need to listen to what they say. And it was causing division within the disciples. And that's why Jesus says, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, O oh, you of little faith. I think it's important to get teachings, and there's some powerful people on the internet and on the, on the TV that you need to listen to and be encouraged. But we must guard our faith. We must guard our hearts. There might be even some things that your friend or your person sitting next to you in the pew has said. You must guard because the enemy will try to bring offense, but he will also try to bring division to break your faith. That is why we must be aware. We must know what is happening and come into agreement. You see, that's the power of the church. Hebrews 10, 25, I love this passage of scripture. It says, we must continue to meet together all the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because the author of Hebrews knew the power of agreement. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, turn there with me, I want you to read it. I want you to underline it. Highlight it, memorize it. Look at what it says in verse 19. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather together in my name, there I am with them. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the power of agreement. That is why the devil works so hard to destroy the church. That is why the devil works so hard to destroy marriages. Because he knows the power of agreement to release faith. Jesus speaks to us. We've got to come into agreement. There is a power of agreement that will increase faith in this house. But we must be aware of offense. And division. One of the things that I love is our early morning prayer online. How many of you have been able to watch it online? Whether you get to come here or not, you can watch it online. Did you know that our churches in Vietnam watch online and they get encouraged because you're praying for them? That's the power of agreement. There are people who have not been able to come to church because of the mask issue and health issues that they can't breathe in the mask because it's horrible. I agree, it's horrible. But they're encouraged because they see you here worshiping God and they're able to join us online. The power of agreement. I'll never forget my first trip in Casey Worldwide. Um, Dr. Morocco had come to me and it was in January and he said, Pastor Janelle, I want you to take over the world. I was like, oh, okay, what does that mean? And how much more work do I got to do? It was a dream of mine to uh, be a missionary like my grandparents. And I, I went to the board, I created all of the structures and, and had ideas of how in the world I was going to do this. But I didn't know how to start. And something happened. It was in this man and woman right here, Pastor Arthur and Minister Annabelle. They say, oh, Pastor, we're going to the Philippines in February. You should come with us. Okay. I went to Dr. Morocco. Can I go with them? I'm, I'm going to be over the world. Can I go to the Philippines? He says, yeah, yeah. You need to do this and this and this. And all of a sudden, a trip that they had planned... Soon became my missions trip. (laughs) Hey, we're going to go visit all of these churches, and we're going to work really hard, and we're going to preach like crazy and go stay in some crazy hotels on the floor with no toilet seat, no toilet knob, no shower head, no plumbing for the sink. A sink, but no plumbing. (laughs) I'll never forget that. (laughs) Sleeping on the floor with the rats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But, you know, it was their encouragement. And, in fact, the whole team that went with us, they are amazing people. They came into agreement. Yes, Pastor, let's go do that. All right, Pastor, we need to drive for eight hours At night, in order to get to this church in the Philippines. Now, this is not like straight drive. This is like Hana drive on steroids at night with a Filipino driver... Who goes like 70, 80 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden there is a person sitting in the middle of the road that they have to stop. And I mean, we're sitting there, or I'm sitting there. They're they're awesome, they slept through it all. But I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I fly off my seat to the ground because there is a jeepney in the middle of the road at two o'clock in the morning. That's what you call faith. And if I was doing it by myself, can I just say, I would have said, I'm done, take me home. But because we were together, because we were together, and they came into agreement with what doctors said and were willing to do whatever I said, which was crazy, we accomplished things beyond what we could have even thought or imagined. And these men and women, they're amazing. They preached, they taught, they ate weird food and made me eat it too. No, but we did it together. I'll never forget one of my, I was going to fly with Pastor Estrella down to Taklobin and we were in Isabella and uh, we found out that night, we had just done a huge Aloha Fest. They, they, uh, They bought all the gifts. They went door to door for days and in the hot sun of the Philippines to reach out to the whole community. And uh, we found out that night after we had preached and after the dog peed on me that before I preached, praise the Lord, we found out that the airplane was no longer going down to Manila. And the only way to catch our flight to go down to Tacloban, which I was preaching on Sunday morning there, was to go the bus but we couldn't go to the bus station because it was like an hour away to go to the bus station in order to buy tickets to go on the bus in order to go down to Manila an eight hour flight a drive we had to stand on the side of the road and hitchhike the bus now I'm pretty brave I can do anything in Jesus' name. But I was standing there going, Are you crazy? How are we bus hitchhiking? I don't know anybody, and I am white, and I can't even understand a Filipino. And it was crazy. But you know what? Pastor Estrella did it with me. We did it together. And we prayed, and God opened up an awesome bus where we were able to lay down and sleep a little bit for that eight-hour trip down to Manila. And God did a miracle. But we did it together. Men and women of God, so many times you want to, oh, I got my vision. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go and do outreach. I'm going to go and I'm going to spend a million dollars and give it to the church. I'm going to do this business. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. No. That's where the enemy can come in when it's our vision, my focus, what I want to do. But when we do it together, And there's agreement and there's unity. There is breakthrough. There is faith released. Even now, some of you may be going through some physical issues. Come into agreement with someone. As I found out the uh, elevation and awesome opportunity that the Lord has given me with the Assemblies of God, one of the things that was dramatic It wasn't about now I've attained this position, but text after text after text message of people saying, pastor, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I'm going to hold up your arms. You can do this. We're going to make this a great team. I didn't feel alone anymore. The burden and the weight of the job, (laughs) I can't do it, but we can do it. Even finding out about preaching a sermon tonight. <laughs> huh. Can I tell you how amazing our staff is? They came and gathered around me. Oh, you're preaching tonight, Pastor? Let's pray for you. Let's pray an anointing. As I'm walking out the door, Auntie Paulette's praying for me, a finance office is praying for me. It was an amazing thing. Why? Because I wasn't doing this alone. I wasn't doing this alone. When you see a leader up on the stage preaching, it's not them alone. We do this together. That's one thing I love about Pastor Josh and his ability in training up the next generation and uh, running uh, Oahu and Hawaii. He does it by teams. And he says, we're doing this together. We're going to take Hawaii by storm together. You see, if it was just me standing on the side of the road, yelling and screaming or going to... uh, the mall, and yelling and screaming about the gospel, how many people would get saved? But together, together, in agreement, thousands can be saved. When we're doing this event on October 31st, it's not done by one person. It's together. This church together can reach the harvest. Now, we're believing by faith for 10,000 on this island. We're believing by faith for 500 extensions. It's not just about Dr. Morocco and his faith. No, it's your faith attached together in agreement that can make it happen. You see, that's the power of agreement. That's the power of seeking God first. With every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this place. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.